Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Cecil Lammy, Rachel V. Hill hanging out with you. Cecil, the schedule came out. We officially know how the Broncos will be playing this season, who they're playing, where they're playing, the big games, obviously a lot of primetime matchups too. So let's immediately just dive straight into this. But first, I guess I need to ask you, how are you? Day still punching. Let's get to the schedule because I think there's a misconception in Broncos country about this team, and we're here to correct it today. Rachel, I need you to help me lead this charge as there's some pessimism that has crept into Broncos country, and I think we need to reset. I think we need to go back and rewind or flashback to six years ago when this team wasn't dog trash like they've been over the last few seasons. So let's go. It's a good Friday when you hear Cecil say dog trash right out of the gate. All right, let's well, go. Well, I can't it. cuss on your show, so. I appreciate it. All right, week one, they have the Seahawks, a big matchup. Everyone's been talking about this, obviously. So last meeting was 2018, Broncos getting the win, 27-24. to 24. Seattle finished last year 7-10, fourth in the NFC West with the playoffs. And then Russ is returning. And Drew Locke, will he be the starting QB, Cecil? The question a lot of people have. Yeah, I don't think so, honestly. Um, Geno Smith is competing with him, and that's all we have to say. Some people have said this is bad for the Broncos to get the Seahawks this early. I think it doesn't matter. Seahawks aren't a good team yet. Uh, They chose Pete Carroll and the rushing ways over Russell Wilson. Remember, this was a mutual parting of the ways. This wasn't, you know, Russell wanting out. This was Seattle wanting him out as well because they want to run the ball and play defense. Well, they're not even there yet. They do have Kenneth Walker, who I really appreciate, my number one running back in this class. And they drafted him to kind of lead the way on the ground. But still, that's a team that doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Drew Locke, Genus, it could be both of them on the field at the same time. It doesn't matter. That is a Broncos win. And I'm not going to say week one of 2013 when Peyton Manning threw seven touchdowns against the Ravens. But give me four or five for Russ. I think he airs it out. I think he shows them what they're missing. And I think he shows them that his way of pass happy is the way of the league. What will the atmosphere be like in Seattle? You saw the sign probably from the graphic that the NFL did that said, like, welcome back, Russ. Or it might have even said, like, we miss you, Russ. Something along those lines. Is it going to be that happy, cheery? Or is it going to be like, you've left us, how dare you? No, it'll be happy, cheery. Um, and, and I think the Seattle fans will be very respectful. It'll be like when Peyton went back to Indianapolis. Maybe not as Midwestern-y of a feel, but there will be a politeness, a you know, a genuflex to what he did with them. He won him a Super Bowl. You know, they're never going to hate him. Uh, they may not like him much in week one, and they may not like him after he drops 40 on them and they win. Um, But uh, yeah, it'll be respectful. Just like when Manning went back to Indy, but when Manning went to Indy, it always bothered him. I don't think I feel the same thing with Russ. I I, I feel there's a little more, a a little bit of coldness with Russ. Like he's going to go in and slice him up. Ooh, we can't wait for that week one matchup. Week two, we've got the Texans. The last meeting was in 2019. Broncos getting the win 38-24. to Houston finished 4-13 and last year, which was third in the AFC South and missed the playoffs. Um, so it'll be the home debut for Russell Wilson here. Obviously, they've got an eight-game home slate that features four games against 2021 playoff team. As you look at the Texans, are you just checking this one off as a win, or is this going to be a sneaky one that could show up on the Broncos as an L? 
Well, you know that with Lovey, they're going to play sound football, but the Texans are just overmatched. Um, I do like some of their players. They kept Brandon Cooks. They didn't trade him away. They drafted Damian Pierce, fantasy tip uh, for your sleepers there. So they've got some talent, but they're nowhere in the same area code of what the Denver Broncos could do. So, yeah, this one to be a nice big home win. Broncos starting out hot. Russell Wilson, uh, we're just getting the appetizers, right? Week one, week two. We're not even letting Russ cook yet. We're just warming up. And it will take some time. It did with Peyton when Peyton showed up. And what were they, like two and three, something like that, to begin that season? Then they never lost a game. (laughs) So uh, I'm predicting a hotter start for the Russell Wilson-led Broncos. And the schedule definitely helps with that. If it's going to be a hotter start, can there be a fall that can make this team crash? Wait till we get to after the bye. Okay, I love it. That's kind of what I was waiting for. Moving on to week three. San Francisco, this is a game that I thought was actually going to be later on in the schedule, but the last meeting between these two teams was 2018. The 49ers getting the win 20 over the Broncos 14. San Francisco finished 10 and 7, third in the NFC West and advanced to the NFC Championship game. This will be, in my opinion, the first real test for the Broncos. What about for you, Cecil? Uh, Yes, I have this as a win for the Broncos, but I also have kind of a little asterisk next to it because it's one that could get away. You know what I mean? If there's an early season uh, failure for the Denver Broncos, this is the type of game just because of Kyle Shanahan, uh, just because of the system. Now, the 49ers have lost so much. They've lost so much in the coaching staff. How many more coaches did they lose? Mike McDaniel, who I'm excited about and have known since he was a teenager and a ball boy with the Broncos. Now he's the head coach of the Dolphins. Like, so the 49ers just keep losing guys and not only players, but just the coaching staff in general, you can only lose so much. Um, I know that's a pressure situation for Kyle and John Lynch. Won't get into that too much. We'll see if Trey Lance is the quarterback or if they've dealt Jimmy G at the time is Jimmy Garoppolo, the starter in Seattle week one. I don't know. Probably not. Those two teams hate each other. They wouldn't trade Garoppolo to the Seahawks. But either way, um, you know, who's going to be the quarterback? We know they're going to run the hell out of the ball. We know they're going to play defense, going to get after the quarterback. And, you know, this is one I have the Broncos winning, but I could see it going the other way based on just uh, the respect that I have for Kyle Shanahan and the way I know that the 49ers are going to play real tough football. Who do you anticipate being the quarterback that week? Trey Lance. Yeah, I I think it's Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance begins the season. Uh, You gave up a haul. You move up for him. He's your guy. I've talked to 49ers coaches last year, um, and they said he's fantastic in practice. He doesn't know the language, though. Um, And that Kyle Shanahan offense, it's like Gary Kubiak's offense, obviously the same offense, but the language is so complex. Just calling a single play is incredibly complex, so it's tough for a young passer uh, to kind of grasp. So he'll grasp it this year. He's got to because he's got to pay off for that team based on what they gave up to get him. Yeah, absolutely. That will be interesting. It's always fun, too, to hear kind of the insides of why hasn't this player been put out on the field more? And obviously, when it comes down to the language, we see the quarterbacks that are diving deep. We're seeing all the preparation that Russell Wilson's doing. So it's interesting to see it on a younger player in Trey Lance. Now we move on to the first battle of the NFC West week four, the Raiders. Last time they played was obviously last year, Raiders 17, Broncos 13. Vegas finished 10 and 7, second in the AFC West and lost in the wild card round of the playoffs. 
Broncos have six straight games on the road against the Raiders marked as L's. What are you anticipating for this matchup? Well, they won't make it seven. Uh, what I'm anticipating is coffee break from Vegas. That's what I'm anticipating. I mean, come on. Come on. We're the fan. Let's go, right? It's Vegas. It's like $80 flight. <laughs> you know, like yeah. let's, let's coffee break in Vegas. I, I you know, I would be uh, up for that. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a win for the Broncos. And just for everyone, and people hate when I bring this up, but I'll bring it up anyway, just because of what my final record's going to be. I'm not a Broncos fan, okay? I, I actually think it's better I'm not a Broncos fan because, I mean, if you want to listen to Homer Radio, that is available. Nobody listens, but it is available if you want to. Um, for me, I'd rather just tell the truth about this team. I respect the hell out of them. I come from a family of Bronco fans. Like, I'm the black sheep of my family because I'm not a Broncos fan, right? But I look at this team objectively, but I see this as a win. There's more wins coming. And again, I think there's more wins than people are – People are afraid. You have Russell Wilson. Okay, okay, okay. They have Derek Carr. They have Devontae Adams, right? And Hunter Renfro. I think they just added Keelan Cole two days ago. He's a speedster that can take the top off. Nobody cares. Like, okay, Darren Waller will be an, an issue for this team, to be sure, because your linebackers have to cover that talented tight end. So, you know, maybe high scoring. How about an overtime thriller? in this matchup, something like that, but it's still going to be a Broncos win. And I know that they added pass rushers. I know that they want to get after their quarterback, but the Raiders aren't complete yet. John Gruden decimated that team. Absolutely decimated that team. Almost. I think other than Derek Carr got rid of every Reggie McKenzie player and Reggie McKenzie. uh, I can't say that we're friends, but I know him a little bit. One of the better scouting minds out there had built a really good team. Uh, and then John Gruden just messed it all up. So, you know, they're not complete. The Broncos are more complete, and the Broncos will win. We'll get into their head coach over there in Vegas in a little bit. The week five, we've got the Indianapolis Colts. Last time they played was 2019. Colts winning 15 to 13. Indianapolis finished nine and eight second in the AFC South and missed the playoffs. This is also going to be a short week for the Broncos playing on Thursday night. Can this team rally after only getting maybe three days of practice, Cecil? Yes, yes, they can. And don't take Vegas. Don't don't go out in Vegas too much. All right. That'll be the key um, because you don't want to exhaust yourself for this Thursday night game against the Colts team. Look at the Colts schedule before that game. They are facing Tennessee. Tennessee is their main rival. Tennessee has Derrick Henry, who will be healthy at the time. And Derrick Henry beat the hell out of him. So while the Broncos will be like a pinball game uh, where it's back and forth between Vegas and the Broncos, I believe that Indianapolis, based on the way that they play and how they'll play Tennessee before this game, that's going to be just a slugfest, right? So you'll have a worn down indie team that has to travel. At least Denver gets to come home, right? So to me, again, you'll be shocked. Another Broncos win. Uh, but you're going to have to deal with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Matt Ryan is their sound quarterback, to be sure. They have a great offensive line. The Colts want to win the old way. I don't think the old way wins necessarily. You have to have elements of the old ways. I feel I sound like Game of Thrones, right? It's, a, it's the old gods. You have, to, you have to have elements of that when you get to the postseason. During the regular season, it's a flawed strategy. So they're going to try to run the ball and shove Jonathan Taylor down your throat. Mm, okay, that's a lot to deal with. But I believe the Broncos are built defensively to deal with that and then take care of any receiving threat. They don't have many. Michael Pittman, 
um, that the Colts will bring to the table. We got a question for you, Cecil, and it's from Colin. It says, I came in late. What team is Cecil a fan of then? Can I just take a guess at this? Sure. You're just a fan of football in general. Yes! Oh, I didn't even see that ahead of time. I'm happy. I'll make this brief. I'll make it brief just because I don't want to belabor the thing. But I grew up a Steelers fan. Because when I grew up and, and we didn't have a lot of money and I remember having a conversation with Derek Wolf about growing up poor and he was like, we were poor. We were on food stamps. And I was like, yeah, we had to steal corn out of our neighbor's field to eat. Like, no, 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 poor. There's poor and then there's poor. So when I had one pair of pants in high school, think about that for four years, one pair of pants and they didn't fit when I was a senior. Let's just say that. Um, so when we went shopping, when we could go shopping, we went to secondhand stores. Well, secondhand stores, and God bless. That's why I love uh, Goodwill or Salvation Army or ARC or anything. I always love donating, whether it's money or clothes or whatever, um, because I was that kid that had to shop at those places. So nobody's trading in Bronco stuff, right? And this was the 80s, Rachel, because I'm old. Um, but so all the 70s stuff that the Steelers that people had that was Steelers stuff, they had there and then like Cordell Stewart went to the Steelers. So there was a lot of CU players that I grew up watching that went to the Steelers in the nineties. So yeah, I grew up a Steelers fan, but what I do today, I can't really be a fan of any team, but I can be a fan of the shield. So there you go. There you go. I love it. I love um, the initiative too behind goodwill, donating money, clothes, whatever you can. I'm 100% behind you on that one, but we'll move in to now week six. Another AFC West matchup against the Chargers. They obviously, again, played last year. Chargers winning 34, Broncos 13, Los Angeles finished 9 and 8, third in the AFC West and missed the playoffs. How can we forget that game between them and the Raiders? Khalil Mack, he's back in the division with the Chargers and then the Wilson versus Herbert talk. This has been a big matchup. I feel like this might be, besides the Chiefs, the next biggest one for the AFC West. Yes, and it's early. Now, the Chargers choke late, and we'll talk about that in the final game, but it's early. It's on the road, but there's no there's no Chargers fans. Anytime I meet a Chargers fan, I was like, a unicorn. Look, they exist, right? Oh, my God. Uh, and then I ask, why? Like, why are you a Chargers fan? Um, but anyway, it's fascinating. It's going to be a Broncos game in Los Angeles. Speaking of road trip, coffee break in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm down. Know. Let's do it everywhere, Cecil. Hey, Dmax going to these hockey games. Like he's in Nashville. I'm like, send Rachel. I'll still, I'll, I'll be here. That's, I'm fine. I got a lot to do. But like, yeah, let's uh, make a road trip to LA. And uh, I think it's going to be a Broncos home game because the Chargers don't have fans. They don't fill up that stadium. So a Broncos feel a prime time game. Like this is a Broncos win again. Uh, and again, a tougher win and Justin Herbert, and you have a lot to deal with there and Austin Eckler and everybody that they bring to the table offensively, but the Broncos are built to handle a team like the chargers and the chargers don't, they don't know how to win. I'm a big believer in positive thinking, like be careful what you think because you bring your thoughts into the real world. Uh, the chargers don't think like a winner. Um, I think the Broncos, this is where I need your help, Rachel. Broncos fans need to think like a winner again. The Broncos are winners, okay? Don't look at a woo, tough Chargers team. Chargers suck, all right? They don't suck, but they're not great. Come on, Broncos can win this type of game, especially in a home game that's on the road in Los Angeles. 
we're pretty lucky because I will say Broncos fans are great about traveling too. So I could yes. definitely see a lot of them getting out there. Uh, we'll move on to week seven though, because I, I'm noticing a pattern. We're going to start off the season really high, but I think we you and I are both on the same page where we could, could be a struggle at the end of the season, but we'll go on week seven, the Jets Broncos, 26 Jets zero last season. We can all remember that game. Broncos fans were high on life at that time. New York finished 4-13, and 13, fourth in the AFC East and missed the playoffs. The Jets, the Jets, though, excuse me, had a really good draft class. We can also remember K.J. Hamler um, tearing his ACL in that win for the Broncos last season. So we're excited to see him back. We saw him at the Broncos presser seesaw. Got an incredible story when he was talking about his grandma, too, and kind of hearing how, you know, she had to go to therapy and made him be like, I need to make sure that I can go to therapy. So it was cool to kind of see the idea bounce off there. But this one, I think we could both probably agree, is a W? Yeah, uh, if we have an Admiral Akbar graphic, I would say it's a trap. Uh, this is one game that if they fell asleep at, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, it's the Jets. They should win. It's Zach Wilson. But Robert Sala, much like Kyle Shanahan, because, of course, he came from 49ers, Robert Sala is going to have that team ready to play football. Now, the Broncos should win. It should be a big win. It should be an easy win, easier. But if there was a time to fall asleep during the schedule, if there's one trap game on the schedule, I think it's that game. So it's a win, but it's a maybe it's like, wow, they had to work a little harder. You know, 21 20. You know what I mean? Like, wow. They didn't blow the Jets out of the water. Um, it might be that type of game. Again, I have, I have all the world's respect for Robert Sala and, and what he brings to the table as a head coach. And uh, I know they have quality talent. You have to deal with Brees Hall, some people's number one running back in this class. Um, but the Broncos can handle it. Especially, too, because the following week, they will be getting on a plane and heading to London, which we definitely need to do coffee break. We'll call it tea time when we're out in London. But week eight, Broncos at Jags, 7.30 a.m. kick here. Ooh, it's going to be an early one. Um, back in 2021, the Broncos beat the Jags 23-13. to Jacksonville finished 3-14, and fourth in the AFC South, and missed the playoffs. But again, this is a field trip to London. So I think you're right about the Jets game. This could be the sleeper where you're kind of looking ahead. You got a big trip on the schedule. Right. What about this game? How is going international hard on NFL teams? Yeah, it's just difficult to uh, the travel, everything. I don't think anyone really likes this game, honestly. Um, <laughs> I do. I want to go to London. Uh, you do, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think from an NFL standpoint, I don't think coaches really like it. I don't think that uh, players really like it. I and honestly, I don't think fans in the UK really like it. They like, you know, watching it. It's, it's like a curiosity. It's not like a, let's go. We got to get the Jaguars over here. Um, and it comes down to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, looked like a generational talent at Clemson. Now, I, I hate to even say this in a second year. He didn't look good at all last year. Like, even Justin Fields flashed. So you could be like, ooh, a little bit. All right, all right, hey, do that some more. With Lawrence, other than the final game, he looked good in the final game. Before that, he looked like dog trash. Okay? Like, it was bad. So does he take that step? Nah, it's too early. This will be a win uh, for the Broncos to be sure, but it's a much more sound team. Doug Peterson, I'm, I've hung out with Doug Peterson. I can't say that like we're best friends or whatever, but like I know Doug a little bit. Really good man. He'll have this team on track. 
Okay. Okay. I like it. Now here's where I know things get a little bit interesting. See, so a lot of people, the Broncos have a bye the week after London, which was kind of expected with the travel that comes with these international trips, but you're actually not a fan of this bye. Why? Because I want in the seasons and quarters and what are they now? Eight? No, right. Mm -hmm. And eight, no. And I think we all can agree on that other than maybe the 49ers game, you know, maybe you drop one there. Uh, The Colts will be tougher, right? All these teams we've talked about. I don't like this buy because I like the ramp up a little bit later. You know what I mean? This is this is halftime of the season, but you're playing extra quarters. You know this. You will be playing extra quarters. So it's right in the middle. It's the perfect spot. No, it's not because you're going to be playing extra quarters. I don't want this team to be worn down in the overtime of the NFL season, which is called the playoffs when it matters the most. And to me, going back to the standard that was with the Denver Broncos, the, the – Getting in the playoffs isn't a big deal, okay? Uh, Broncos fans are not Nuggets fans. We made it, everybody. Yay. What about a championship? I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, and and I hate to be mean to Nuggets fans. MVP, woo! You'll never win a title, okay? Because you have this mindset. Again, remember the mind. Very Mm -hmm. powerful. You have this mindset of, well, we just make the playoffs. Woo! Like, it's not a big deal. Raj and I used to make fun of AFC West titles, because you'd be like, oh, the Broncos won the AFC West again. Woo, everybody. Like, go get your hat. Look at my funny hat. I have to quote Half-Baked every show, Rachel. But anyway, um, like, eh, I would rather have the buy a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. especially given the games that you have coming up a couple weeks after the buy. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you say that because this next game on the schedule is the Titans. And this actually is one of those games that really scares me. And it's because of Derrick Henry. So real quick, 2020 Titans won 16 Broncos, 14 Tennessee finished 12 and five first in the AFC South and earned the top seed in the AFC before losing in the divisional round. This was a huge upset. A lot of people had talked about what Derrick Henry would do, but again, Derrick Henry is the key to this team for the Tennessee Titans. And he scares me a whole lot, Cecil. Jonathan Taylor should scare you. You know what I mean? This is similar to the Colts, except here's the problem. Malik Willis might be starting at the time. Ryan Tannehill sucks, all right? (laughs) There's no doubt about it. So Derrick Henry is scary, but Matt Ryan's better than Ryan Tannehill. So the Colts, get this is very similar, same division as the Colts. Mm -hmm. So I get what you're saying. Uh, Henry is a concern for me as well, obviously. But one, is he going to be healthy by that time? Because they have to, they have to ride Derrick Henry. They don't have any other choice. Yes. You trade away AJ Brown and Howie Roseman. Oh my God, Howie, Chef's kiss for my friend Howie Roseman, uh, Eagles <laughs> GM. Because my God, you get AJ Brown and the Titans draft Traylon Burks. Like mm-hmm. I like Traylon Burks, but he's not Debo. Because everyone, he's like Debo. Like no, he's not. And then people are like, it's he's the replacement for AJ Brown. He can't replace AJ Brown. So is Derrick Henry even going to be healthy? Um, how do you deal with a one-trick pony? Stack the line, stuff the run. The key to today's NFL, I won't belabor this either, Rachel. I'm sorry for being chatty. Um, <laughs> I love it. But the key in today's NFL is stuffing the run minus one, meaning you're stopping the run with three or four on the line of scrimmage, minus one, um, because you're going to drop eight. Drop eight has become everybody's red everybody's doing it. Okay. It's like the ultimate trend in the NFL. Everyone's dropping eight, all these receiving weapons. When you face a team like Tennessee, that's more old school. So stuff the box, stop the run. Ryan Tannehill can't beat you. You have Russell Wilson Broncos win. 
Okay. What's a score line prediction for this game for you? Oh, you know, it'll be one of those old school type of slugfests, you know, 24, uh, 16, something like that. Okay. So still close game. Something that mm-hmm. could possibly go into OT if it had to. That's where I'm going. I think it is going to come down to the fourth quarter, which that gives me anxiety knowing the teams that we played before the bye week and how this team can finish it out. So I think you're ready. The The Broncos are going to be the the cardiac kids this year. I think there's going to be, especially these uh, in these next games. So Rachel, get your, uh, you know, your anxiety uh, stress pillow or, you know, get some uh, sort of uh, relaxing tea, right? Like yeah. get ready. I think this team's going to take you on a ride. Do you think that the Broncos have the hardest last six games in the NFL? I haven't looked over everybody's schedule, honestly, but this is, this is their schedule. The, the rest of it is, has a preseason type of feel, especially, you know, the Jags and the Jets or whatever, like that's, all right, get to this part. They're going to be undefeated by the bye. Okay. So get to this part. They'll be the hotness. They'll, notice all their primetime games are early in the schedule. Maintain your momentum. And again, I think momentum is big in football and in life. So let's see if they can do it. Okay, week 11. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders again. Um, so again, Last season, 17-13 was the last game. But the real kicker of all of this is that Josh McDaniels will return to the Mile High City. Lots of Denver fans, obviously, they love Josh McDaniels. I say that in the most sarcastic tone they possibly can. But it's going to be interesting to see how they welcome him back. Right. Well, that won't be kind, except we love Sandy. Like, I was around... Josh, I think I told you that story at the Super Bowl one year, and Josh and Sandy were just like old pals, man. He loves Sandy. Everyone else hates him. And I remember the way things changed. I've covered this team since Mike Shanahan was the coach, and I remember the way he would put us like with – I used to be able to stand next to Mike during practice. <laughs> think about that. That's just silly. But that's how Mike was, you know, so it's me and Chris Mortensen standing next to Mike Shanahan during practice. Then Josh McDaniels comes in. He puts us in this little tiny corner. I remember telling people, I was like, if I die, just put my ashes right here because this is the only spot that we can get. It was this little tiny corner. I'll show you next time we're out of the valley. But anyway, like people hate Josh McDaniels. Uh, Yeah, this is a Broncos win. So the the train keeps a rolling for a while. Okay, next up, we've got the Panthers. Week 12, so they played in 2020. Broncos win 32-27. Carolina finished 5-12, fourth in the NFC South, and missed the playoffs. Will Christian McCaffrey be healthy? Yeah, that's the big question mark for that team. And, uh, well, I know they've looked into trading him. It won't happen. One, his contract's too big. Don't pay running backs, everybody. Sorry, I love Christian, but, like, you're not you're not supposed to pay running backs. Mm-hmm. And then will he be used up? Yeah, maybe. Is it the Matt Corral show by this time? Yeah, should be. They they've said they're not interested in Baker Mayfield. So it's a win. I think there's much more interesting games in just a little bit. <laughs> We're just inching closer as we get. Okay, so next up mm-hmm. we've got the Ravens. So another East Coast type game. Week 13, they played last year, Ravens 23, yeah, last year, 23-7. Baltimore finished 8-9, and nine, fourth in the AFC North, and missed the playoff. Could this be one of the toughest matchups of the season, Cecil? Yes. Now, you look at the what they've done offensively in trading away Marquise Brown, so they don't have Hollywood, 
anymore. And it's the Lamar Jackson show. Uh, Jackson took steps back as a passer last year mm-hmm. because they took they took a little bit of his legs away. I'm like, you got to just let Lamar be Lamar, okay? He's never going to be a pocket guy. Reminds me of when they did that to Cordell. Although Cordell was a Pro Bowl quarterback uh, one year. People forget that. But it's like, no, just let him let him be himself and do what he does best. If they do that this year, and I anticipate that they will, um, you'll see a traditional Baltimore team. This is going to be black and blue. This one could be the loss, the first loss of the year, or maybe second, depending on San Francisco, whatever. But, like, there's not going to be many losses to this point. This one could be one, it's on the road. Two, it's an early start. Three, it's just Baltimore. They're they're tough. I hate them <laughs> as a de facto kind of Steelers fan still. Uh, I absolutely hate the Rat Birds. Brandon Stoke gets mad when I call him the Rat Birds because he won a Super Bowl with them. The most boring Super Bowl of all time, by the way. Super Bowl 35 was awful, Stoke, mm-hmm. even though Stoke had a big play. He had like an 80-yard touchdown that game. But anyway, like the Rat Birds will beat you up. So uh, let's count this one as an L for the Broncos. Okay, so you're saying first L of the season comes to the Baltimore Ravens. Well, then we've got the Chiefs on the schedule week 14 at home. Chiefs 28, Broncos 24 in 2021. Kansas City obviously finished first in the AFC West at 12 and 5, advanced to the AFC Championship Games. How will the Chiefs be without the Cheetah, though, this year, Cecil? They've got Sky Moore. <laughs> I mean, my God, the Chiefs had the greatest draft in the NFL. They just hit after hit after hit after hit. They didn't take a Division II kick returner who beat up on Florida. Woo! Because the Gators suck. Uh, they've got Sky Moore. And I love, I was out at Broncos, but well, you were there too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't name names. Maybe I will. Uh, I'm only drinking coffee, so I won't name names. Um, but the conversation, because I told people the same thing I'm telling you, right? They had a great draft and they have Sky Moore. Sky Moore's the most underrated receiver in this draft class. And someone very friendly, we all love every, nah, maybe not everyone. We love most people that are out there covering the Broncos. And someone very friendly that we love was like, yeah, but he's not Tyreek. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, <laughs> thank you for that breakdown. Um, trust me on this, Sky Moore is electric. So, and by the way, they, they, they used the cheetah differently last year. Um, so, yes, that, that, that is a factor. That is a, but what is this, week 12? You think they're not going to have it figured out? Not you, Rachel, but do people think they're not going to have it figured out by week 12? Oh, my God, they really missed the cheetah three months later. Sky Moore, people, okay? Be Does he have the speed? Does he have the um, movement? Why is he just as good nobody 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 has the speed of Tyreek Hill let's just be let's be forward with that okay nobody has that speed but Sky Moore is electric with the football in his hands absolutely electric the fact that the league let the Chiefs get Sky Moore it's unfair It, it really is so for the people that don't know Sky Moore's game that cover the Broncos and you know maybe don't know football that much um just trust me, Sky Moore is a weapon, and the Chiefs already have weapons. So this is, uh, this is still a win, though. It's at home. I think that's a home-and-home split, spoiler alert, with the Chiefs. Home-and-home split. This one's at home for the Broncos. It's a win. Okay, so this one's a win. Obviously, when they're going on the road, you're saying, L, we'll get to that in just a second. Next up, they've got the Cardinals, though. 
This is one that's interesting. So they play back in 2018. Broncos won 45, Cardinals 10. Arizona finished 11-6, and six, second in the NFC West, and fell in the wild card round. Now the main question around this Cardinals team is Kyler Murray. What the heck is even going to go happen with him? Like, what is going on with the drama there? Are you taking this as a W or an L? Because personally for me, Cecil, I'm actually going to take this as a W. Where's the Vance Joseph uh, note? Oh, <laughs> right? I know. We're talking about... Josh McDaniels, like, eh, forget Josh McDaniels. I wish I could say something else. Uh, but v- VJ, my man VJ, uh, I'm one of the few people that I didn't like VJ as a coach. I thought he was a dog trash coach, but like, as a guy, like, he was okay. He was nice. You know, he gave us good drops forever. Um, th- this is a win. This is a win. The Cardinals, they've got drama again. It's week 13 or whatever the number is. Like, they'll have it figured out. DeAndre Hopkins will be back from a suspension at the time. And they drafted well. Hey, Trey McBride, right? You're going to have Trey McBride, Zach Ertz, a couple of tight ends to deal with, a very high-powered offense. Uh, so you're going, you know, and that's where Hollywood Brown went. So who played college football with Kyler Murray. So they'll, they'll be fine, but this will be a, a fireworks. It's not July 4th, but there'll be fireworks in this game. I'm still predicting the Broncos win. Okay, we move on to Christmas Day. We've got the Broncos taking on the Rams. Now, a lot of people have been saying it's a present that we're not getting them earlier on in the season. 2018, the Rams played the Broncos and won 23-20. to Los Angeles finished 12-5, first in the NFC West, and won the Super Bowl last year. Again, this will be a Christmas Day matchup. And will the Rams be just as good this season, Cecil? No, no, not at all. Um, and I don't want to say they're frauds. They won the Super Bowl. But there are fraudulent parts of their team that they did not strengthen. So when you get to this point, now, could this be a loss? Yes. Are there some of these games that teeter, right? Like the Cardinals game. Cardinals game could be a loss. I have it as a win. I have this one as a win. Merry Christmas. But it could be a loss. So you, you're, there are certain key moments. Just like in life, there are certain decisions that you make that can put you on a different path. There's certain key moments, butterfly effect, whatever you want to say, with the Broncos schedule. I think that the 49ers game, the Titans game, the uh, of course, any divisional game, Chiefs, whatever. But like this game is one of those moments. So it could go either way. I'm going to say Merry Christmas, Broncos country. You get a win. It's going to have to be, again, more fireworks, more heart, you know, like uh, heart palpitations. There's going to be some more heartbeats there. But I think the Broncos can pull this one off on Christmas Day. Okay, so we've already talked about the other game of the Chiefs. We're keeping on this train rolling because we've already hit our 30 minutes. So you said the Broncos will take an L in Week 17 as they will travel out to the um, Kansas City. So then we move on to Week 18 against the Chargers again. Will the Broncos be playing for a playoff spot in this, or will they have already have clinched it, Cecil? Well, based on my record, I think they've only lost two or three games. Yeah. <laughs> so I think on the season, and this is why the whole day, and this is a win, Chargers choke, okay? That's, uh, that's boring. Chargers choke, whatever, next. But my overall emphasis, and of course uh, the Broncos are <laughs> holding practice here in 30, 40 minutes. Uh, anyway, um, my emphasis is, This whole, like, they'll win 10 games. That's loser talk, okay? That's loser talk. Seven. Give me seven losses. Give me seven losses. How do you find seven losses in this schedule? Can you find four? Sure. Can you find five? Maybe. Maybe. But how are you going to find seven? (laughs) Do the Broncos suck? No, they don't. So now I, I have them at 13 wins. Okay, officially. And I know I might have picked it differently in the drill, but I'm telling you the points where they could lose. Okay, again, as a non Broncos fan, 
So you have 13 wins this season. If you're not saying something over 10, you're not giving this team the proper respect or even really understand what this team and the way that they're built. Honestly, I think it is, it's a corrupt mindset to be like, oh, 10 wins. 10 wins is riding the damn fence. Okay. <laughs> 10 wins is like, I don't want to get too they far. Gave Teddy Bridgewater last year. Exactly. Yeah. What'd you have seven with Vic Fangio? Vic Fangio is terrible. Okay. <laughs> awful. Manipulative. Awful. Just terrible. So say something more than 10 and I won't yell at you. Okay. I'm going to say 13 and four. Okay. You know, I'm right around that mark. I think there could be one game where it kind of sneaks up on them. We'll see. I'm excited, though, Cecil. I know you're heading out to Broncos, so we're going to let you go. But thank you so much for hopping on. I appreciate it. Love having you on Coffee Break on Fridays. And hopefully we can get some traveling in this season because lots of fun games on the horizon. Peace. Awesome. Thanks, Cecil, so much. Have fun at Broncos, everybody. Make sure you follow Cecil on Twitter. He'll be updating you from there. But now, real quick, we want to get into Jerry Judy. He was arrested yesterday. A little bit of drama following him. We've got a few updates that we want to put, um, like, give you. Mike Kliss was down at the um, court date or the court hearing this morning. So Judy appeared in the court wearing an orange jumpsuit, um, and he spoke with his attorney, Steinberg, prior to the hearing. Judge... I'm going to butcher this one, so I'm just going to skip over it. Everybody did find probable cause on charge of criminal tampering and domestic violence enhancer. Judge said there was no threat of physical violence. Uh, no plea was given. Next court date for Judy is May 31st at 1.30 p.m. Victim in court. Oh, real quick, we're going to go back. Oh, victim in court said she called 911 hoping police would monitor the situation and not have Judy arrested. So the judge explained it's the DA office bringing the charges. Now we'll move on to that next graphic real quick. Um, the female victim involved with Jerry Judy addressed the court saying she never felt threatened and doesn't feel threatened now. There is a mandatory protection order, but no contact provision has been dropped. Also, Judy can travel. Judy will, um, will be released on a PR bond. So we wanted to just update people because we know that this was a major thing that was in the talks yesterday. Zach Bai was the one who first broke it on the airwaves of 104.3 The Fan. So make sure you stay connected to DenverFan.com for more information. We'll try and keep everybody up to date as much as we possibly can. But that is going to do it for a little extra long coffee break. We hope you didn't mind as Cecil and I broke down the entire 2022 schedule. It's going to be a good one. Please drop or tag me on Twitter. I would love to hear what your reaction to the Broncos schedule is, what record you're going to be giving this team. So thank you everybody so much. I hope you have a wonderful Friday and we'll be back here on Monday. Bye everyone.